Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Go straight to the site, Believe.com, and subscribe, rate, review, leave a comment. Check out all the past episodes of the podcast there as well. I'm flying solo this afternoon. We're a few days removed from Kentucky and Duke, Kentucky and Tennessee. Two outcomes that didn't turn out the way we had all hoped. Moving on into the weekend, hope everybody has a good weekend. Kentucky will play Vanderbilt tomorrow night at 7 as we record on this Friday evening. Kentucky will get on the hardwood at Rupp Arena against Robert Morris here in a couple hours. And they look to go on a run, uh, get some wins piled up against some uh, inferior teams coming in. Kind of get some consistency, uh, some cohesiveness as I try to combine both of those words jail a little bit they're experienced individually but not experienced from a team standpoint even though it is some uh, veteran guys there on the squad um we had wounds to lick from the past couple of days and we'll talk about that as well as i mentioned y'all be sure to check the podcast out wherever you get your podcast spotify stitcher uh YouTube as well. There's the Believe Podcast Network YouTube channel. I'm not recording video right now, so it's just me solo. But when we have guests on, like we have already, you know, Cole Mosier, um, Cassidy Rowe, um, we had uh, Preston Guy, who covered LSU, previewed LSU game with him. Will West, we did a Tennessee preview, preview with him. So when we have guests on, uh, there will be video as well. You can watch the podcast. Uh, you can listen to the podcast. If you want to watch what you're hearing, go to the Believe Podcast Network YouTube channel and subscribe uh, and check out the episodes there as well. And go to Believe in Kentucky on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow and like all of those platforms. Keep up with the podcast there also. We saw the 45-42 setback against Tennessee. That dropped the Cats to 6-3. and three. We're going to kind of intertwine football and basketball and, and get them both covered in this episode. 6-3 and three, uh, after nine games. The season is three-quarters of the way over. And after the Georgia game, which can take his first loss of the season, you hope one loss doesn't become two. And one loss did become two as Kentucky Kind of laid a clunker at Mississippi State. You kind of factor in, not going to be flawless and play perfectly every game of the season. Well, Mississippi State was just where everything just uh, wasn't working. Well, bad day for everybody involved. Tennessee, by all accounts, of course, was playing better than expected. You have a first-year coach, which you – Going into the season, think you can get a win there. You you got a coach trying to 
get his culture in and get his team playing and uh, eradicate stuff from the previous administration, that being Hypo trying to clean up Jeremy Pruitt's mess. But Tennessee was playing better than expected, especially offensively. They were ahead of schedule, and it proved to be a bad matchup for Kentucky, just like Mississippi State was. You had Tennessee, who had been described as Mississippi State on steroids, and that kind of proved uh, itself out on the field. It bared out that way with Kentucky being thin at corner, having issues tackling. First play of the game, flanker screen, tackle is missed. Quick strike, 75 yards, explosive play for Tennessee. And that was the theme. Tennessee had explosive plays all over the place. Even as Mark Stoops pointed out, some, you know, tempo played a role. Others, tempo didn't play a role. First play of the game, Tennessee's not going tempo. Everybody's out there ready to go. And you still had the big play. You still had the 75-yard touchdown right off the bat. Uh, Kentucky battled back offensively. You know, you saw 600 yards of offense. Will Levis played a good game. You saw Chris Rodriguez return to form. Um, the pick six hurt for sure. There was some laundry on the field that went against Kentucky that hurt as well. But defensively, they just weren't able to slow Tennessee down enough at all just to get some stops to to hang in there there were some short kickoffs to play the role they were kind of head scratchers when when tennessee's already proven that they can go 70 yards quickly why kick a short kick where they only have to go 40 or 50 yards to score when they've been going 70 yards with ease so that was a little puzzling uh also but they move on from tennessee you you also had injuries playing a role and that's that's been the case all year too uh, the depth has been built up under Stoops at this point, better than we've seen it for a lot of years. You think back to the the 90s and the 2000s, especially defensively, there there wasn't a lot of depth there. Uh, you kept seeing the drop-off from first string to second string and the difficulty competing in the SEC. Well, even with this improved amount of depth, the injuries are still taking their toll. Uh, Marquand McCall, Octavius Oxendine, Jordan Wright. Uh, we saw the line suffer a lot, defensive line suffer a lot of injuries, been hit hard by the injury bug. These quarterbacks lately have, have had their time to pick Kentucky apart, and you're thin in the secondary already. Don't have the first stringers out there on the D-line. It's a bad combination. Uh, we saw Eli Cox go out, so the big blue wall took a hit. He's going to be out for the season. Um, there'll be some time for Jagger Burton and Austin Dotson, some of those guys to get in and you know, show what they can do on a more improved amount of plays, uh, increased quantity against Vanderbilt. And you just want to see Kentucky bounce back. You know, they're six and three now. And there is a lot of disappointment. You, you, you see the six and one start after the loss to Georgia and the final five games after Georgia were still winnable games. 11-1 was possible. 11-1 was on the table. 11-1, if they bounce back, they could definitely finish the season uh, in a historic fashion. Really super special season at 11-1. Hadn't won 11 games since 1950. There hasn't even been a lot of 10-win season. You know, go back to 2018. Prior to that, 1977. 
look, nine win seasons don't grow on trees. But you think back to before the season started. Everybody was like, got to get to 4-0, and got to get to 4-0. and Hopefully they can start 4-0. and The Missouri game is going to be tough, going to be a big hurdle for them to get to 4-0 and because you play Missouri Week 2. Why was it such an emphasis on getting 4-0, and starting the season 4-0? and Well, you get the first four wins under your belt, then, as all SEC teams face, the gauntlet portion of the schedule is there. And Kentucky's gauntlet was Florida, LSU, and Georgia. So if you get to that portion undefeated, you're 4-0 going into your gauntlet, then if you were to lose all three, the reasoning was, well, you could still run the table in the final five in nine and three would still be attainable. So you go 4-0, 0-3, 5-0, that would get you to nine and three. The same result is still attainable, but the, the journey could possibly be different. Kentucky, of course, started out 6-0, and and now they've gone 0-3, and now they look to go 3-0, and which will still get you to 9-3. and Now, it's deflating. It's disappointing. You, you hate that 11-1 has gone by the boards. You hate that 10-2 has gone by the boards. If it does end up 9-3, and that'll still mean a win over Louisville. If you got started off by, of course, beating Vanderbilt and New Mexico State to get to eight wins, to have a chance to beat Louisville for nine, it will still have meant a win over Florida and LSU as well. Say what you want about them being down. It is what it is. A lot of teams that have beaten Kentucky through the years, Kentucky has been down. You don't hear them, you know, apologizing. Or saying, oh, man, that Kentucky team, that win, that wasn't a really good win over that three-win Kentucky team. You don't hear those teams complaining when they come through and beat Kentucky. Georgia's not going to complain because beating Florida 34-7 at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party or whatever they call it now, Georgia's not going to apologize because Florida and and Dan Mullen are struggling and, and you know, may lose four or five, maybe six games this season. You know, Kirby Smart's not like, oh, man, ooh, our, our main rival is struggling. Oh, Lord. No. You take any win, how you can get it, and put it in the win column, and move on and, and keep it there. Uh, so Kentucky gets two nine and three. There will be fans that are disappointed. Got to enjoy that. How many nine-win seasons have we seen? Like I said, they don't grow on trees. Nine and three, and you got a chance to get a tenth win in the bowl game again. And if you notice under Mark Stoops, you see the pattern. Sometimes those those win totals go back to back. It starts out two and ten in his first year replacing Joker Phillips. Year two, five and seven, couldn't get that sixth win to get to a bowl game. Year three, what happens? A repeat of five and seven. Then what do we have? A couple of seven and fives back to back. If Kentucky runs the table in the regular season, you will have a nine and three, and that's not what you want. 
Maybe you put together a couple nine and three seasons, and then you take another step. Nine and three is is nothing to to get that dejected about when it when it doesn't happen uh, a whole lot, especially if you're under the age of forty five or fifty. We haven't seen a lot of that, so if they get to nine and three, it's still going to be uh, a nice season. You can have a chance to get double digits in the win column again. You go to the recruiting, which is still uh, a lot better than we've seen uh, for many, many years. You had the surprise. You had some who may be a little bit disappointed that Emil Wagner, offensive lineman and brother of Ahmad Wagner, who was just at Kentucky a couple years ago, um, the tall receiver who was playing basketball for Iowa, transferred in every time he went deep. You know, he was getting P.I.s on the DBs. Uh, Maude Wagner, who is on Kentucky staff now, a lot of people thought that would kind of influence Emil Wagner, younger brother, to come and be part of the big blue wall for Kentucky. Uh, a lot of experts said it was down to Kentucky and Penn State. And turns out he selected Notre Dame. Now, if we learned anything at all, let's let's not just close the book completely. Just because Emil Wagner committed to Notre Dame, look, look what his brother did. Vince Merrow had a relationship with Ahmad. Two or three years later, Ahmad ends up at Kentucky after he's uh, finished trying to pursue a basketball career. Who's to say that Emil Wagner might not be a cat down the road? Would have loved to have seen him commit currently and become a Kentucky Wildcat from the jump, say he goes to Notre Dame for a year or two, who's to say that he might not decide to transfer and come on back to Kentucky? What did we learn from Wondell Robinson? Would have loved to have seen him from the jump. A couple years in Nebraska, what happens? He's back in Kentucky. Not impossible to say that the same could not happen with Emil Wagner. Now he might go to Notre Dame and you know, become an All-American and have a great career and never look back. If so, that's fine and dandy too. So be it. Hope you have a great career. You know, do what you want to do. It was his decision. He picked Notre Dame, but we have history of his own family members ending up at Kentucky. So I'm not saying. I'm just saying it could it could happen again. And, and we'll see. Basketball side, we saw the 79-71 defeat to Duke. Coach K's last season opener ever up in the garden. It started at 945, which was earlier than everybody thought. So that was a plus. That was a win. Kentucky was there from the jump. Could never get the lead till the second half, but they were there. You know, hanging with them, hanging with them, hanging with them. Shot 37% for the game. Now, I might be wrong. I might be weird. I might be off base. It didn't feel like Kentucky shot 37% from the field. And, you know, they were missing a lot of shots, missing some layups, guys missing dunks. It still felt like they were shooting better than that as you were watching the game. And you, you think about a, a ugly shooting game. Think back to last season. Of course, all of last season was ugly with the 9-16 season. Think back to that Kansas game. Kentucky played Kansas in the Champions Classic. That was a brutal shooting game. This game against Duke the other night did not feel that way to me. 
maybe everybody else thought, well, yeah, they they can't throw in the ocean, and this is really terrible. But um, the shooters are there. Kellen Grady was hitting some shots. Um, Severe Wheeler hit a couple threes, hit a mid-range jumper. Uh, I think he's going to do enough to prove that you have to guard him offensively. He's not going to be self-checked. It's not going to be four on five with him out there on the court. You can tell he's worked on his stroke. Um, had a little trouble finishing in the paint. Duke was kind of shutting off the kickout option, and he was getting in there and, and having trouble getting his shot off on those bigs. But that's all part of you know the cohesiveness and all the guys working together and getting experience. That's gonna come. You know they've all been experienced at their previous destinations, but they'll get that experience together uh, very soon here at Kentucky as well. Robert Morris comes in, um, of course, from Moon Township, Pennsylvania, Calipari's hometown, knocked Kentucky out in the NIT in 2013, the year Nunes Noel got hurt. So those storylines will undoubtedly be brought up. But you just want to see him get better defensively. Um, Duke had the two, you know, they had the two dogs out there, you know, Paolo Bancaro, uh, Trevor Keels, and they were as good as advertised. Jacob Toppin played and guarded Bancaro at different points in times. And as you know, Tony Depp, who hosted this podcast with me for a year, experienced college guys are not going to blink or be intimidated by highly touted true freshmen. You know, he talks about when, when Ron Mercer and Derek Anderson came in. He, That's fine. Y'all got to see me every day. I've been here. I've been in the weight room. He's not impressed like a fan would be of the talented newcomer coming in. Bancaro is very good. Was out there getting buckets while cramping up. Toppin did have some good moments against him defensively, but I was I was hoping that maybe Toppin would have just kind of took that challenge a little more personally. You know, he's been in college for a couple of years. He's been in the college weight program. He's a veteran when it comes to being in college, and I would have hoped that, well, maybe, you know, you come in and you see this dude playing his first college game as a true freshman. Let me take the assignment to shut this Paolo kid down, as highly talented as he is. Let me Let me guard him. It still looked at times as, you know, Kentucky guys guarding him were a little bit on their heels. Now, he's great and he's skilled and he's, you know, definitely worthy of the high draft stock and status and maybe first overall pick that he's going to be. I would have liked to have seen some guys maybe go at him a little harder, but guys seem to be a little on their heels going against him. And, um, you know, give him credit that he had a good game. He was still, like I said, getting buckets out there, even though he was cramping up. But, you know, you live and you learn. Um, we'll see how much learning they do over these next few games. Said not marquee competition. Um, and the, the home schedule has, has drawn the ire of fans for quite a while. But um, just get better and, and get clicking and get in sync before you play Louisville and Notre Dame. And um, better competition down the road. The trip to Kansas is looming as well. Kansas looked good against uh, Michigan State in the first game. 
that nobody was talking about at all because you had Kentucky and Duke in the second game of the Champions Classic. Commitments all over the place uh, on the basketball side. You know, Shaden Sharp, Casey Wallace, Chris Livingston, Kyle, uh, Sky Clark, all in the fold. Uh, Shaden Sharp might be coming sooner than later. Said that he's going to be playing, not just skipping on skipping out to the draft. Like rules will prevent that. So the top tier talent is kind of returning. You know, you've had the changes to the coaching staff. Orlando Antigua is back. Chen Coleman is here. Jay Lucas is here. NIL, no doubt, is playing a role. Tata Washington has endorsements with lots of companies you know, locally and nationally. Gatorade, Fazoli's, Porsche of Louisville. That's playing a role as well. As Kentucky is, is doing their thing on the NIL front. So, um, not trying to jump ahead of next year. Let's see what this class does. And this, no matter what, there will be an improvement from the nine and sixteen. That we that would be better shooting. Uh, we won't see prolonged scoring droughts like we saw last year. Should be a lot better offensively. Got to see what they do defensively. Oscar Shibway is a beast. Twenty rebounds in his debut, and as big and physical and chiseled as he is, you still saw how undersized he looked against Duke's front line, and you still saw him go out there and snag 20 boards. So, add that in, and he got in a touch of foul trouble, add that in that he won't face uh, an imposing front line like he did against Duke on a regular basis. Um, He should continue to eat on a regular basis. You know, he's got a nose for the ball, He's physical, he's relentless, his motor is unstoppable. Uh, he's in great shape. So and Lance Ware held his own when, when Shibay picked up his second foul. Um not giving you a lot offensively, but he was going toe to toe with Duke's Bigs, a lot of energy on defense. And so maybe Lance Ware is kind of taking a step uh, in ways that maybe we didn't see coming in his second year. And I still think Jacob Toppin has some offensive game coming. He's, he can get in his bag offensively. We haven't seen it a lot. I think it's in there. Uh, we saw flashes against Louisville just a little bit, just a couple of moves he made, a couple buckets he got. I think it, it's in there, and maybe he can kind of uh, showcase that as the season progresses as well. I mentioned the commitments on the basketball side. On the football side, too, because – We've we've seen the deficiencies in the secondary. We've seen Kentucky struggle to kind of get the wide receiver room the way they want it to be. We've heard Stoops say we need some guys that you know can make plays. We need more speed. We need guys who can you know put up numbers on the scoreboard, change the score uh, from a receiver standpoint. And Mark Stoops hit the portal again. We we see Taj Harris uh, transferring from Syracuse um, to be a receiver there for Kentucky. And when you look at Syracuse's wide receivers list, the top 10, Taj Harris is in there. He's ninth in receiving yards, 2,028 yards. Names on the Syracuse all-time list are guys like Art Monk, Played for the Washington, then Redskins back in the 80s, won Super Bowls with them. He's 
Uh, still number 14 on Syracuse all-time list when it comes to receivers. Rob Moore, 87-89. Uh, if you're a tech mobile kid like myself, you remember him with the Jets. Marvin Harrison did his thing uh, with the Colts for years, but he went to Syracuse. He's second on the all-time receiving list at Syracuse. And Taj Harris right now is ninth, and that's who's coming to Kentucky. I don't think Taj Harris had a QB like Donovan McNabb tossing him the rock the way Marvin Harrison did when he was at Syracuse. So Taj Harris can come and make an impact for Kentucky. Uh, maybe Wondell Robinson stays. Maybe he doesn't. But Taj Harris is coming. Dane Key, the young fella from Lexington, uh, decided to stay home like Dekel Crowders and Jagger Burton and a lot of other Frederick Douglass football players did. So we can see improvements coming. Help is on the way. So still be positive. You know, licking our wounds right now from some of these losses, but be positive as well. Uh, Kentucky women open with a win over Presbyterian, so congratulations to them. And also speedy recovery to Blair Green, fellow Harlan County Black Bear. Hate to see that she was lost for the season. Hope she has a super-duper speedy recovery and wish her all the best as well. Take a minute and talk about our sponsor. You hear about them each and every week. La Terrain watches. LaTerrain.com. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. And just go to the watches for men. Go to the watches for women. Check out the accessories. You've got the Navigator. The Subnautica, the Red Crest, there's Cousteau glasses, there's Sun Chaser shades, all types of watches for whatever situation you have going on. You know, you want to have the formal look, you want to be more casual. La Terrain has got you covered. Go on the website, click on the chat. Ben will actually answer your questions. Dave, the owner, was actually on here a few episodes ago. Dave actually gets back to you when you put a question in on the chat. Our terrain watches and accessories offer timeless style and design without high prices or shoddy materials. So make sure you go out and get yourself a La Terrain watch. Appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. Always follow us on Twitter. If you got a question or want to hear a certain guest, get at us on Twitter or Facebook. Put a comment in there. Reach out to me at Vinny Hardy, V-I-N-N-Y-H-A-R-D-Y. Follow Believe at Believe Podcast. Check out all the other great podcasts that are on the network as well. Looking for a win tonight against Robert Morris. Hopefully Kentucky gets to 7-3 against Vanderbilt. Bouncing back, getting on the right track. Everybody be safe and have a great weekend. We'll talk to y'all next time on another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.